Welcome to the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast with your host, Steve Abramowitz, editor-in-chief of the Mill Creek View newspaper. It is indeed that time of the month when we are visited by our friend at TennesseeConservativeNews.com, where we, full disclosure, advertise this show and frankly get a lot of our in-depth Tennessee show material. Nobody knows the volunteer state better than Jason Vaughn. I mean, nobody knows it better than Brandon Lewis from high atop his eagle's nest on Signal Mountain in eastern Tennessee, where on a clear day, I'm told, he can see into Dolly Parton's boudoir over there in Dollywood, right? Isn't Chattanooga really close to Pigeon Forge? Dollywood has two very large attractions. <laughs> um, I've not I've not, I've not, not seen them in person yet, but I, I can see them from here. Yes, that is correct. Which is, do you think is uh, more of a tourist draw, Dollywood or Graceland? Well, I think according to an article we ran, I, th- I feel like, although I don't see how this is the case, that Graceland is the most visited tourist attraction in the state of Tennessee or the highest ranked one of the two. But it just seems like that Dollywood would have more of a crowd, but I'm not sure about that. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, sometimes you get into that traffic, so it must be you know a good tell. Uh, BL, at the risk of running out of time uh, in our short segment that we have only once a month, tell us real quick, real quick, why you take time away from your day job owning a small business and run yourself ragged running a conservative news outlet in Tennessee. Is it the money? <laughs> there has been no money. There has been negative hundred to $150,000 to $200,000. We do not lose money anymore, but we do not make any either. Um, it, it all started very briefly just out of duress when the lockdowns happened, all of which we know now from the masking to the vaccines to, to the to – the, uh, uh, all the stuff was is wrong and was a lie. And everyone who perpetrated it, uh, who promised to protect our constitutional rights, most of which are still in office. And so uh, I don't think things are going to change until we can inform more people in the state, and I don't think that things are going to change until we get some different butts and seats up in Nashville. And so some days I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't need to do this. It's, it's a tremendous risk, and it's a big-time suck, but you know, sometimes you, you've got to do things civically just like our founders did. Our founders did not make a dime doing what they did at the founding of our country. They in, 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 uh, imperiled their fortunes and their lives. Uh, but they did it anyway. And so sometimes uh, as a man, you have to find yourself or a woman in that same spot. And here I am, imperfect, but moving forward. Well, I'm sure glad you do. And since we just celebrated the 4th of July, you know, what you say is absolutely true. Their sons were killed. They were hung. They they took the risk and the risk didn't exactly pay off in good ways for them. But here we are generations later being able to talk to each other on the technological marvel of Zoom and, and use our free speech, our First Amendment uh, rights. So that's cool. And you're there to protect them. And I appreciate that. So, okay, on to the headlines ripped right off the TennesseeConservativeNews.com website over the last few days. Uh, and I'm telling you folks, this is the only place you're going to find the real news, not the Tennessean, not the Chattanooga Times or Daily News, whatever that is, not the Knoxville News Sentinel, not even the Star Report. Which is too bad because I was on Michael Patrick show my first days in Tennessee and he should do better. Uh, but no need. We have Let's Go Brandon. So let's go. 
$412 million tax cut headlines, Tennessee bill becoming law on July 1st, three days ago. That's a good thing, right? Uh, still have that you are privileged to do business in Tennessee tax. You're welcome. But what other goodies took place last week while nobody was looking? Well, there are some decent tax cuts in here, um, about $412 million. But at the same time, if they really wanted to cut taxes and make it easy, we would just dump the corporate welfare because the corporate welfare is billions of dollars to woke Ford Motor Company, kneeling NFL stadiums. I mean, even places like Whataburger, uh, they'll give them millions of dollars to come in from out of state and build something to compete against native restaurateurs using their own money, which is pretty egregious. Uh, but they act as if it's just business as usual. Nonetheless, uh, we have $272 million uh, that is a three-month grocery tax holiday between August 1st and October 31st. Apparently, that's when they think people are buying the most groceries. I don't know. Uh, there's also a, uh, a two-year pilot family leave tax credit uh, that's going to give employees from two to 12 weeks of paid leave and 50% uh, of their normal wages, wages over that period now. Uh, there's nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. So I imagine this thing will be around forever. Uh, there's $194 million worth of school safety grants uh, that are going to go along at that same bill that's passing through. Uh, the Tennessee Education Association is still fighting the parts of this law that would uh, exclude the automatic withdrawal of TEA dues, a.k.a. left-leaning union dues, uh, and things of that nature. And they have... Uh, increased some of the taxes on uh, Tennessee's mobile sports books. And uh, what they're hoping is that this will turn down the taxes collected from about 7.1 to $5.2 million. And for those of you who are still awake out there, those numbers make people fall asleep. This is just kind of, it seems to be kind of a bunch of shuffling around. Some of this stuff is pretty good. Some of this stuff is uh, special interest motivated. Um, and some of it is just you know, getting a little bit more money out of um, gambling and things of that nature to offset it. So we'll see how it goes long term. We do have pretty low tax rates here in Tennessee, I will say, and financially, uh, we're in pretty good shape. And that is one of the one of the things that I always give credit to the legislature for. They do a pretty darn good job at that. Cor making sure the corporate business climate is good is something that that they do really well. Yeah, they just don't want to spend it on potholes uh, and give us choice lanes instead. But uh, that's from another show. All right, next plagiarized headline from your site. Recent TCAP, I plagiarized, not you. T recent TCAP data shows eighth graders fared much worse in ELA than students in third grade. So for those that don't know, a lot of third graders are being held back because they didn't learn anything in first and second grade because of COVID lockdowns. And now they get punished again. Has anyone looked at that test to see if it's any good? Um, do you know? So one thing that is is pretty neat about, about um, testing for reading, especially reading comprehension and things of that nature, when you give somebody a paragraph to read and then you give them a multiple choice and they have to pick which one of these statements corresponds with what you just read, They've been doing that since the 1800s. This is not an old form of testing. Uh, because our education system in Tennessee performs so poorly, what union uh, and left-leaning Democrats and even Republicans that are in the tank for the unions, uh, which are many, they want to attack the test that the state selected and paid for. 
So they get to pick the test company. They get to pick the test. Then they attack the test instead of the poor performance from the company they hired. That has a very simple metric. I mean, in basic mathematics, things of that nature, uh, th th these are not tests to uh, predict how somebody is going to end up 20 years down the road. These are not uh, psychological profiles. These are like, can you read? Can you write? Can you do arithmetic? Can you select um, general things from a, a catalog of questions about U.S. history? And these are all things that, that, that prove whether or not you can do it or not. Now, granted, some people take tests a little better than others, but that kind of comes out in the wash. So even if you look at the third grade through first grade, all the money we spent, and we spent a, you could burn a, uh, you could burn like a mountain of wet mules with the money that we have spent on this. Here's the improvement we got for these millions and millions of dollars that we spent all over Tennessee. English language arts improved by 1.6%. Wow, like global warming. Yeah, math, 3.2% uh, improvement, uh, science, 3.4% improvement, social studies, half a percent improvement um and you know the whole third grade retention are you if, sure a third grader didn't do that math uh, they may have uh, a third uh, of all the third grade retention laws that we had you know so they 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 put a good law in place which essentially said if you cannot read you can't advance to fourth grade and then they weakened it and then they provided exceptions for it and now if, if, if according to our reporting of the people who petitioned to let their kids advance, even though they can't read or write, I think something like 80-some-odd percent are allowed to go forward. And so it's just like all the laws we have passed against CRT, all the laws we have passed against a DEI, uh, all the laws that we have passed in Tennessee to try to improve uh, this morass that is public education, there's no enforcement of it. And so they, the Republicans get a headline for the low-information voters – distract them from the fundamental, essential, uh, probably irre irrevoc irrevocably broken system that we have. And then in the, the bureaucratic mess, they just let them go on. And that's why we continue to graduate functionally illiterate children uh, in the thousands and tens of thousands every year in Tennessee, uh, because we, we, we will not hold them accountable for any type of um, any type of performance. And finally, here's something that's interesting. Uh, in civics, only not uh, in the ninth grade, only seventeen point eight percent of kids could tell you anything about U.S. history that that was approaching grade level. Uh, a quarter in tenth grade, forty percent in eleventh grade, and thirty five percent in twelfth grade. And we wonder why and how uh, our nation can get hijacked and taken away. Well, if the youth of America don't know anything about U.S. history, there you go. The good and the bad. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, what's that was the third graders. You you did go on to the other grades, but the eighth graders, they had six whole years before COVID could even be looked at as a potential excuse. And they're the ones in your headline that uh, fared worse. So I guess K through 12 is just not good. I mean, I've got a fourth grader that reads at an eighth grade level, and we've got eighth graders in public school that are reading at a fourth grade level. And so these are the problems that we have. And instead of tackling them or giving uh, parents educational opportunities in the private sector and just saying, I'm sorry, we've tried this for 10 years, 12 years, the supermajority, we've, we've, we've thrown all kinds of money and time and effort in this, and it's getting worse. 
let me just give y'all a back door. And for those of y'all who still believe in public education, keep your kids in here. We're going to keep trying to improve it. But for those of you who understand your kids only have one shot at an education, we're going to let you go somewhere else. And that's what they should do if they were ethical and honest. Yeah. And next headline, poor Nate Bedford Forrest Gump, most controversial figure in Tennessee history, they say, to be removed from eighth grade classrooms. Well, maybe not, maybe yes, but what do you have to say about doing that with our heroes from, and some people's heroes, some people's zeros from Tennessee in the classroom? They can't teach them to read, but they can tell them who they shouldn't admire. Well, the good news is uh, whether they put them in or take them out of history, the kids won't remember it anyway. Uh, as we have seen in the test scores. So, I mean, it doesn't seem to matter what we teach or who we teach about. Uh, the kids aren't learning anything anyway, according to the test scores. I mean, it's like pretty rough. I mean, it's like 75% of them are not anywhere near where our testing would want them to be. So that's at least the silver lining is that we fail so utterly to teach kids anything that no matter what we put in the mix, they won't walk away with it. But nonetheless, I mean, this is, this is no different. Um, it is the slow, steady... Uh, corruption, conditioning, and indoctrination that happens in public schools and in secondary uh, and post-secondary education all over the state of Tennessee, funded by conservative tax dollars to turn uh, people from Christian conservative families uh, primarily into left-leaning <laughs> corporate automatons. And so uh, it does not surprise me. Uh, and they love uh, totalitarian governments and little dictators and people that uh, live off the taxpayers' uh, dole love uh, an, an ignorant, uninformed populace. And yeah. so if you can keep a kid for 13 years and they graduate knowing nothing that would help them get a job or understand anything about the history of their state or their country, all the better for doing whatever the heck you want to to them. Because if they have no historical reference, they don't know good from bad. And they're not learning that in school. So it, it, it is just. If I had the full hour with you. I'd love to talk about the UK company Pearson and how the Republicans gave them $40 million and how they are the ones who are publishing all the crappy books that nobody wants to seem to have. So there's some kind of weird thing where they say we don't like it, but yet they fund it, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't have a full hour. So next, com uh, next title. Formal complaint alleges Johnson campaign illegally coordinated with several PACs during 2022 primaries. Now, let me think about this for a second. Wasn't his opponent, Gary Humble, both have been on the show, by the way, wasn't Gary accused of something similar? And how did they just now figure this out for him? So it's interesting. It's not interesting. It's predictable. Uh, that board is appointed. And so when a board is appointed, uh, you get a fair amount of sycophantic bootlicking and <laughs> we've got some of that going on uh with this committee up there and the thing that made it that was the most egregious is that you know there are two ways apparently that they can start an investigation one is something if the board just wants to and the other is if it is uh if it's brought to their attention now the thing that got gary in in trouble was two things one was a printing error like you've got to put that paid for by okay the other thing is that there was a little uh, QR code that linked to a podcast he did on Tennessee stands so that somebody could just find out more about him. Okay. Now they, they construed that as um, some kind of coordination and Mr. Humble's going to provide all of his campaign records now. And he did not take hardly any PAC money at all. Gary didn't, I think he got two PACs and they were both little grassroots conservative groups uh, for, for hardly any money. But the thing about that the that this new complaint alleges about Jack Johnson 
and this is you know the the old dude who called uh williamson county a cesspit and said you know where there's smoke there's fire let's dig around till we find something which is not how justice is supposed to work said uh you know this is what's been brought before them uh all of the packs that are responsible for the negative mailers and they were nasty and they were false i, I looked at them um against humble share the same office space as baker's political consulting firm now if, if you were going to coordinate with a bunch of packs i don't think i would i don't think i'd put them in the same building right next door i just wouldn't personally brandon lewis would put them somewhere else if i were going to do that uh the complaint <laughs> then goes on to show relationships affiliated with the packs and senator johnson i mean they're just these these interconnections uh, past employment serving on boards together etc uh, and then lieutenant governor randy mcnally's pack um attacked attacked gary and they work together all day, every day. One's the, the, the lieutenant governor, the other is the majority leader. And other allegations very similar to this have been lodged uh, toward Baker in the past. And so all of it just looks not so good. And we do have one other piece of information that we're going to report on next week, which, which appears to be a little bit of covering up. Uh, and it's and it's documented in the um, in in pack records, and it's very curious and it's very strange and it and it and it speaks directly to trying to hide uh, affiliation between packs, and so we shall see uh, when we bring that up and out uh, if that will make it into the campaign finance complaint, uh, and if the registry board will with as much zeal and determination uh, pry into Jack Johnson and bring him before the board. Uh, and and you know treat him similarly. I hope they do. I mean, I think yeah. they have to. I actually went up to Nashville and sat in on that uh, hearing, and uh, I would like to see Mr. Lawless ask Mr. Johnson some questions. That would be kind of com comedic gold, in my opinion. Well, I'm um, glad you. I'm glad you did, and uh, it was interesting to have a a, a packed room like that. I, I, I doubt that the board has ever seen that. At least the people that are on there in its existence, and what it helps. All this stuff that they try to do up there, if it's covering up uh, sexual misconduct, if it's trying to pilfer taxpayer dollars for fake companies that do franking, which is something that should be illegal anyway. Franking is a bad practice that is always corrupted and, and used to the incumbent's advantage and not for constituent services. Uh, all the stuff that they're always trying to cover up, push aside, etc., is done because we the media does not do its job in Tennessee. Of, of holding the powerful accountable uh, and they're all coming from a left-leaning perspective and so all these little boards and bureau bureaucratic um, nests of, of, of folks that do things at the bidding of the leadership they never get called out there's never enough light put on them and then when the light is put on them uh, you know the other mainstream media outlets don't pick it up like they should if it were if it were some other kind of story that they were interested in they'd run it morning noon and night but it is a shame to watch the press like completely be silent on these things because you know you'd think that they understand that they they could turn it on your people just as easily as they turn it on ours. But the press is something different than it used to be 30, 40 years ago. Well, I'm glad it is because it gives us the opportunity to know people like you, sir. Um, Stevie, we have time for one more. Yep. All right. Christian University. This one is just sad. It's it's right there in the name. For goodness sakes, what part of Christian do they not understand? Christian University in Nashville disinvites group of biblically sound statement regarding Pride Month. That's Belmont, I presume. 
How many Christian alumni do you think they ticked off with that stunt? I don't think they care. Um, I think almost all of these once Christian, Christian in name only, uh, Sinos, I guess is what we call them, uh, these days, like they, number one, alumni do not, and this is, you know, closed circuit transmission to those of y'all who are alumni of organizations that do this. They don't get up in arms. They don't organize. They don't cause a stink. They just kind of harumph and complain to one another. But this is, you know, essentially that organization came out and, and just said that, hey, we, as having a, a, a biblical background, we can't pretend like there are more than two genders. We can't pretend like God made you X, man can make you Y. I mean, these are just very essential, not, uh, you know, like should you dunk somebody, should you sprinkle them? People argue about that. Uh, there's some things that are very, you know, you can have Christian debate about various uh, things, but but the sexes is not one of them. And and when it comes to sexual immorality, that is not one of them. You, I mean, there's no room for that um, for that in the Bible. Now, I'm not a choir boy, and I've, you know, a lot of people jump up and down, and I, I've done all kinds of stuff in my lifetime. But, you know, you, you take it every day right do you try not to repeat the mistakes of the past and it is shameful to watch these christian organizations once christian organizations completely abandon the scripture and we just abandon it i mean whole parts of it i mean i i don't know if they 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 probably just need to go into the bible and highlight the parts they like what few there are and the rest of it they could just dispense with um but that is part and parcel of our culture and decline and i would add one final thing all throughout scripture, you read the book of Nehemiah, uh, you look at uh, Jesus chasing the money changers out of the temple, uh, you look at what happened to him uh, and how falsely he was accused. Like organized religion, uh, absent of, of, of God, like it, it, it is not uncommon for it to get off the rails for the benefit of, of corrupt leadership. And so when, when things like this happen to Christian uh, institutions, all you got to do is look back at scripture and, and it's just a repeat of man's sinfulness. It's nothing new. And so I hope that Christian organizations will have some kind of great awakening and that the church will actually start sending sentinels uh, up, up, up to the watchtowers because we have just let culture slip by us without interjecting ourselves um, and not and staying on the, on the sidelines culturally and not culturally, but politically as well. And that, that's something that just needs to change. Yeah, first time I noticed that is when Notre Dame uh, University gave uh, Barack Obama an honorary degree, and he was the number one pro-choice senator uh, of them all, and that was before president. So the selling out like that was a slippery slope, and here we are now. Um, okay, well, I bet they sell Bud Light on campus, too. Yes, probably. Well, tell me, if you have time, quickly, how was your 4th of July trip over there? I, I we had a house full all day and all night, so I could not get away from here. But how was your 4th of July event? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, I um, think you're talking about James Stockey's event down near you, but I was told that there are three times a year that you have to be in Franklin, Tennessee, where I am. Uh, and 4th of July is one of them. And so I was, and the fireworks were fantastic. And the very next, that was Tuesday on Wednesday was Nashville. So they were fantastic too. So do I have to drive all the way east uh there Ooh, there's some lightning and thunder going on uh that wasn't going to happen so i enjoyed it right here very much how did you like yours oh it's fantastic we had family come down for the fourth during the day 
um, just we just grilled lunch or and it hung out, and then we had probably about thirty or forty people over here, or about forty people over here in the evening for grilling out and fireworks. So we cooked enough for about eighty people apparently. Uh, our fridge is just full of hot dogs and hamburgers and potato salad. So I've been eating that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Up there so, on the mountain, you must have had a great view of many cities as uh, fireworks. That's great. We I, we enjoy it. So we just we just do our own in the front yard. And so we all chip in and everybody brings stuff and everybody, all the eyes still opened, all the fingers were still attached at the end of the evening. So that was good enough for me. Very cool. Very cool. Well, as we head off into the next second half of 2023, I look forward to uh, at least six more visits by you here on uh, Let's Go Brandon. So um, why don't you tell everyone about your upcoming trans state tour? Uh, you're not coming out as trans, you're going on a trans state tour. Uh, your route does identify as trans, right? And, and how can we follow you on social? So uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Tennessee Conservative News. Just look it up. Um, yeah, and just about every other free speech platform. Uh, you can download the podcast, Tennessee Conservative. Just search for that wherever you get your podcast. And then finally, uh, I will be next week, I think, in Jackson. And then I'm going to be in Dandridge. I'm going to be in McMinn County. And I'm going to be in McMinnville. And those two things are not in the same place. Uh, you would think they would be, but they are not. And so Your Scottish I'm, heritage is coming out. Yes, I'm finishing finishing all those places. Uh, and then we're going to be doing a candidate training on September 23rd in Chattanooga, Tennessee, for anybody who thinks they might want to run for elected office but feels ill-equipped to do so uh, by partnering with an organization called uh, the Conservative Candidates Academy. And that will be right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you, buddy. Glad See to be you here. Soon. Choosing the right mortgage for your home financing depends on so many factors. Working with a mortgage lender that offers a broad selection of mortgage programs is key. At OneTrust Home Loans, they have helped many homeowners reach their home financing goals because they listen to anticipate your home financing goals and dreams. They aren't salesy, so for those 55 and older, you can trust them to help people not just survive, but thrive with extra cash flow. At OneTrust, service is everything. To speak with a mortgage specialist about your home financing goals, call Matt Helton, Nolensville Branch Manager at 615-400-6764. Be sure to tell him Steve and Steve from MC View sent you. Calcon Mutual Mortgage, LLC, DBA, One Trust Home Loans is an equal housing lender, NMLS 46375. All products are not available in all states. All options are not available on all programs. All programs are subject to borrow and property qualifications. Rates, terms, and conditions are subject to change without notice. For more information on reverse mortgages, visit onetrusthomeloans.com slash reverse dash mortgage disclosures. I don't understand. Any views or opinions represented on the podcast are personal and belong solely to the creator and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the creator may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.